Held up nicely. He's standing forth. Taking it on. Walker! Long range now for Staniforth to take. She'll be looking to lift this over the two-player wall. And Birmingham City have taken the lead. A lovely free kick found the head of the Birmingham City captain. Jordan finds Arthur. Arthur goes for a shot from distance. Oh, and it has to just be tipped over. Back to Staniforth, who strikes it with her left boot. And that's goal number two. It's a lovely finish into the top corner. Guided in by Lucy Whip. Just gently lofted out of the reach of the keeper. Might be another chance for another goal. Cracking save by Hampton. Welcome back once again to the Great Since 68 podcast, the dedicated weekly women's football podcast about all things Birmingham City. I'm Craig Hadley and I'm joined this week by Chris and Kaz. First of all, Chris, how have you been? Yeah, not too bad, thanks, Craig. You? Yeah, not too bad, thank you. Kaz, um, we I won't I won't talk about anything you don't want to talk about, but um, it's it's been a bit bit of a tough time for yourself at the moment. Yeah, mate, just yeah, like yeah, I'm struggling a lot. Mental health's been a bit uh, quite big in the news recently, so it's it's important to take your health above everything else. And we we appreciate you coming on the show this week, Kaz, even though maybe it's not the easiest time for you at the moment. Cheers, mate. Uh, we begin this week's show then with the news that Birmingham City have been drawn away to either Crystal Palace or Brighton in the FA Cup quarterfinals. Uh, Chris, what do you think of the draw? Um, once you avoid Chelsea, Arsenal, Man City, then then arguably you could say you've done you've done quite well on the draw. But it's it's another away game. It's assuming Brighton get through. Um, you know, it's another. Another monster journey as well, you know. We'll have got to an FA Cup, you know, FA Cup quarter final, and we'll have travelled to to Sheffield United, Sunderland, and Brighton. So it's um, it's a fair trek that the girls are having to do at the moment to to progress through the rounds. But if we keep progressing, then I don't think anybody's going to complain at the end of it. No, absolutely not. And Kaz, uh, this is the first time we've made the quarterfinals for three years since we the, the year we made it to the final. And uh, if, if it goes to form, Brighton is probably the team we're going to play in this in the quarterfinals. And given that we suffered a big heavy defeat there earlier in the season, it'll be nice to right the wrongs if we take them on in the quarterfinals, Kaz. Oh, definitely. But like, I, d- I don't even know how we, we got through against Sunderland. So we'd have to basically turn up obviously a better opposition so yeah absolutely yeah. it's all on it's all on the day isn't it Kaz so we'll we'll soon see how we get on when that game comes up uh also a mention for our academy side there was two narrow defeats for them against Manchester City and Arsenal in recent weeks uh Lauren Bryan and Freya Gregory both got on the score sheet for the Blues so congratulations to them despite the defeats Gregory now has eight goals in 12 appearances the most out of all of the academy side this season Let's move on now to the Chelsea game then. Uh, Brianna Vasali and Rachel Williams continue to have a good understanding, I think, that when they get to play with each other, uh, there's obviously illness and injuries prevented them playing too too often together this season. But I think once they when they click, it really looks seamless the way they connect the play together. Uh, Abby Grant laid it off for Lucy Staniforth, who fired it over from the edge of the area. It was a fierce effort, but they just couldn't keep it down. The Chelsea opener, though, came from a ball from the left-hand side. 
Joanna Anderson delivers it. It ricochets off the backside of Guru Raitan, who then does enough to control it and find the net. Birmingham City's defence were maybe a bit narrow here, but which allowed Anderson the freedom to find the cross. But once the ball's in the box, it's pinball, really. And credit to Chelsea, they gather their bearings quicker and find the breakthrough. What did you think of this one? It's been a bit, bit of a while since this, this game, but it, it was a bit, bit unfortunate, the first goal, the way it fell kindly to right hand. Yeah, I was watching it on the um, the FA player as it was yet another Chelsea away game, which is on a weeknight. Arguably the most difficult ground to get to on a weeknight isn't very helpful. But ultimately, I think it's one of them where you probably say you've got so far, you know, that they, they actually thought that the shape, the overall shape and the defensive stability of the side was, was pretty good, actually, for that first half um, against... You know, one of the one of the top three sides in the division. So, you know, the the closer you get to half time, perhaps the the more um, the more resolute you try and be, and you just perhaps step off a little bit. And it felt like they uh, for the last five minutes of that half, Chelsea just unable to camp themselves in inside our half a little bit. You know, and obviously the the more pressure they put on, the the further back we, you know, you're 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 more inclined to drop. Um, and as you say, the, the ball comes in from the left-hand side. I initially thought it was handball, but yeah, having a look back, I think it, it does come it does come off her back, doesn't it? Um, rather rather than the hand. Uh, but yeah, that's I suppose that's the a little bit of bad fortune that we've had. You know, in the when you're at the top, you those those balls drop for you nicely, and when you're towards the bottom, they don't. But um, you know, it was a right and tucked it away nicely and. You know, unfortunately for Blues, from that moment on, you know Chelsea's game plan's done. They've got themselves in front, and and they can uh, they can dominate the game from there, really. But um, you know, for forty odd minutes, I thought, you know, I thought we were we were well in the game. Had a couple of chances, a little bit more composure in the final third might have seen us, uh, you know, be a bit more of a threat. Um, and but like I said, I think the the thing that impressed me most was was the defensive solidity. That, that we showed when you compare the home game against Chelsea where we got taken apart and it looked like two teams in a completely different division. Um, it, it didn't look like that this time, which is which is credit to the players and, and the way they went about themselves. Yeah, absolutely. It's important to build from the back and maybe we were a bit too adventurous in that first game against Chelsea and they, they were very clinical on that day and this time maybe less so, but we were more stable uh, more solid at the back, as you say. So, yeah, it was things um, definitely improved since last time. Uh, Hannah Hampton then made a decent save of the second half to deny Drew Spence on the half volley. But unfortunately, Chelsea would get a second and it was a, the end of a lovely counter-attacking move from the London side. Anderson wins it on the edge of her own area, goes to Wrightan, who heads it on, falls to Spence, who then finds Erin Cuthbert at the centre circle. She lobs the ball over the top of the Birmingham defence for Beth England to run onto. And finish with the kind of confidence you expect from the informed striker. It was a 13th goal of the WSL season and a goal return comes as no surprise to us. As all three of us have picked Beth England to be top scorer before the start, the start of the season. Kaz, um, obviously Beth England, you've seen she's been in great form recently. And it, it, it shows why Phil Neville's um, might, might have a bit of a headache picking between her and uh, Alan White. Especially based on the form that Beth England's been shown recently. Oh, crikey, yeah, like Beth England's form over the last two seasons has been absolutely phenomenal. 
like you could see the potential when she was at Donny. It's nice to see somebody giving Ellen a run for money, if you know what I mean. Yeah, absolutely. She's she's been she's been the first choice for quite a long time now, quite rightly based on form. But as her goal returns maybe dipped a bit this season, uh, Beth England and the likes of Chloe Kelly rise into the moment and trying to take uh, their chances when they get they come. England then was denied by the slightest of touches by Hampton, who touched it onto the post when uh, England cut in on Georgia Brome, I think it was, to deny her a third goal. It was a great save, just the fingertips to deny it and flick it onto the post. As as we mentioned, England is in great form right now, arguably better than any of England's striker, maybe along with uh, Everton's Chloe Kelly. Do you think uh, Beth England is a certainty for the Olympic squad now, Chris? Um, the Olympic squad, yeah, probably. I think she's, like you say, probably guaranteed to be the the second choice number nine now, out and out number nine for England, behind Ellen, still behind Ellen, by the way. Um, her goal-scoring record's been excellent, but in, in big matches, um, it's, it's still Ellen White for me. But I don't think there's a lot of competition as as strikers coming from any of the other any of the other nations that will be taking part. So if if we're saying Beth is is the second choice number nine, then I think she's she's probably nailed on for for an awful lot of squads to come, whether it be European Championships, World Cups or Olympic squads, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, let's briefly sum up this game then, Chris. It was a narrow defeat than the six 0 we suffered earlier this season, of course, at Damson Park. In the previous game, I thought we actually did quite well before Chelsea scored the second in that one. Um, this game, however, we seem to be maybe a bit hesitant to push forward too much, but maybe because of that heavy defeat last time. We had chances before Chelsea scored, that Staniforth uh, shot over the top in particular. Uh, if those go in, then maybe it's a different game. But overall, it wasn't the game we expected to win, maybe, but maybe it was just a case of damage limitations, especially after West Ham got hammered, pardon the pun, 8-0 just weeks ago. Yeah, absolutely. Um Look, the the gap between the top three and everybody else. I know, I know Chelsea only beat Liverpool one 0 in the FA Cup and and things like that. But just just generally in terms of you know the the facilities, the resources, and the players everybody has to, to offer. Um, you know, I don't think anybody really should should be expecting anybody in the the the, the bottom seven or eight of the division to, to challenge the top three. Um, it's about it's about showing that you can compete at a similar level, you know, not not getting embarrassed like, like West Ham did, like we did in the first in the uh, in the home game against Chelsea this season. And I think and I think we did that, you know, we showed that we could we could compete. We um we didn't capitulate in the second half. We, we, which we could have done conceding so late on. So I think there's definitely positives to take. And I think, you know, in these sorts of games against the top three, that's, that's really what you want to be looking at. You want to be, look, you want to be coming out, out of that game. If you've got anything, it's an absolute bonus. But ultimately, you want to be coming out of these games saying, what are the positives? Where, where are we strong and what can we work on? Yeah, absolutely. And as you pointed out, the top three are, I think it's 15 points between third and fourth at the moment in the league, which is ridiculous. Halfway through a season. so It'll only get bigger. It will, unfortunately, as uh, more money goes into the top teams and teams are forced to put up or shut up, I suppose. 
Um, let's move on now to the FA Cup tie with Sunderland now then from the past weekend. Birmingham City had not made it past the fifth round as mentioned in the previous two attempts. Defeats to Manchester City and Reading in previous years meant the quarterfinals had eluded the Blues ever since they made the final in 2017. Weather has been a big issue in recent weeks with games being called off for Storm Kira and now Storm Dennis was on its way to cause havoc. Fortunately though, this game did go ahead. Life magnificently named... Eppleton Colliery Welfare Ground. Blues dominated the majority of the ball and chances, which you expect playing aside two divisions below you. But the women's Super League side struggled to make their chances count. Claudia Walker went close on a number of occasions, as did Rachel Williams, Brianna Vasali, and Lucy Staniforth. I thought, although it didn't reflect on the score sheet, we did create a number of good chances, which maybe on another day would have found the net. It's when you don't create chances that you need to start worrying. Uh, Striker Bridget Galloway came closest for Sunderland, racing on the counter and narrowly firing over the bar from just inside the area. Special mention to Claudia Moan, to the Black Cats keeper, who, despite making an error for the winner, did make a number of important saves in this game. Moving on to the goal then, Rachel is clipped into the in the build-up to this and a free kick is awarded. Lucy Stan then steps up and kills it into the net through the hands of the keeper. Moan won't be happy with it, but I think it goes to show the confidence that she she obviously thinks she's capable of catching it and she's misjudged it and it slipped in from her grasp and fell into the back of the net. Uh, we'll discuss the follow-up to the goal in a moment, but uh, just on the goal itself, Kaz, uh, your thoughts? Personally, I didn't think it was a free kick. She did catch Rachel, but she'd also won the ball. So... I thought it was a bit harsh on Sunderland. I, I seriously thought we were going to go to extra time and penalties. That's how good Sunderland actually were. The missed chances, I think, like you said, on an, another day, we probably would have buried them. But then I think a couple of players need to maybe stop back and take some shots because some of the shots were just awful. Like... How we didn't go in 1-0 at half-time, Stan- all Staniforth needed to do was keep it down. She had everybody beaten and she skied it over the bar from about six yards out. Do you think it's so, the case that she's trying too hard, Kaz, given that it's her former side? She's just trying to do it all herself? Probably. Because um, she's she's had to do that a lot. Of, she, well, it, it, she doesn't have to do it a lot this season. She's, she's took it upon herself to try and make things happen for us and maybe not always come off, but she's always trying to... Step up as a leadership role with Kez out, uh, obviously injured recently. Like I said, I've, I've, I'm probably not the best person to talk about Stan. Obviously, the amount of stick I've given her this season, but where credit is due, the couple of games that she's played, she probably has. She has done a lot for us this season. I just felt absolutely devastated for the last with the sending off because she didn't deserve it. No, we'll, we'll, we'll come on to that now then. So following the goal, Lucy Stan with her teammates in tow ran towards the, tug, uh, the dugout side of the pitch. And this is when things started to take a turn. According to reports, Lucy Stan gestured to someone in the crowd and used abusive language to which the fourth official relayed the information to the referee. The official then came over and branded the red card for the England International. Blues held on for the win. Alex Brooks making a great save towards the end in particular, but the match was overshadowed by this incident. Further reports suggest that Lucy Stan was subjected to a lot of abuse from a select uh, group of Sunderland supporters, including a parent of one of their players. An individual who will not be named for legal reasons was ejected from the game following the red card. This incident meant eight minutes of additional time was added to the end of the game, and it's certainly not an incident I've ever seen happen in a women's game. 
We do not wish to speculate on what actually happened, as we were not there at the game while Kaz was, but uh, if, if the allegations prove to be true, uh, Kaz, are both parties in the wrong here? Yeah, definitely. When, at the end of the game, this person came back into the ground and actually went up to Keris and said, I'm apologising, but Stan was out of order as well. So something's been said for you to go over to our captain to and apologise. But Sunderland fans have very, very got very short memories. What Stan's done for that club, do you know what I mean? She stayed with that club, obviously, until they got disbanded. Crack, like, like I keep saying, so I think Sunderland's had the best performances out with Lucy Staniforth than what we've had. For it to go off crying and to be abused by getting booed by Sunderland fans, you know what I mean? I'm not I'm not Stan's number one fan, but if she ever came back and played against us, I wouldn't boo her. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, there's, there's certain it's players just, who... Yeah. yeah it's, it's, it's just, it's, as you say, short-term memories. Yeah, so I, do you I remember know what I mean? the, Yeah, I remember the incident at um, St Andrews, I think it was about three or four years ago. Uh, Chloe, Chloe, Pope, yeah, Chloe Peplo yes. came back with Donny Bells, and there was Blues fans booing her. These are these are the sorts of fans who will only come to these big games against big teams, thinking have really no knowledge of. Well, I, I hope they have no knowledge of the women's team because it makes it worse if they did. To boo a player who's come up through the through the youth team and and put and uh, wore the shirt with pride, and then getting um, abused by fans of the club that you respected for so much. It's 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 a, it's tough to take, Chris, isn't it? I'm going to bat on the other side just for a little bit and play devil's advocate. I don't I don't have an issue with supporters booing. I really don't. And I don't I don't have an issue with them with them having having a bit of playful banter with them. Obviously, if it gets to the lengths of of abuse, personal abuse, and uh, or, or anything along those lines, then then obviously a line has been crossed. I've no idea what was said to Stan or by Stan, but I think if she's getting stick from from the supporters, so be it. If she scores the winner with five minutes to go and gives it back, so be it. That that's what being that's what being in football is all about. You you know you can you can defend your team, you can back your team, and you can try and you can try and put the opposition off as much as possible. That they know they know the capability Stan's got. If they if they think that um, that they can try and rile her up the wrong way by by booing her or saying a few a few things here or there, like I said, as long as it's not abusive, I've I've absolutely no issue with that whatsoever. But Stan has every right to give it back. Then when when she goes and gets there, when with five minutes to go. Now I, again, I've no idea what she said for, for her to be sent off. It must have been. A little bit more than have that, if you like. But you know, I, I just think to have somebody miss the next two games based on her giving a bit back to supporters who have been giving it uh, for the whole game is is outrageous. Um, you know, like I say, unless unless she said something really nasty, which I don't think she has, because we'd have probably heard about it. You know, a, a two-game ban. For, for giving it the crowd back is is crazy. It is one for you then. Right. Can you remember, yeah. was it last year or the year before when Paige Williams was getting stick from the Bristol fans? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Paige actually flew over to the fans. Yeah. 
And give it back when we scored, give yeah. Back. It's, it's, do you know what I mean? Where's the consistency? The yeah. referees are there to protect the players. Stanny Forth, before she scored, about 10 minutes before she scored, she went up to the referee and told the referee what was going on. So the referee has waited for Stanley Forth to react, mm. to do something about the problem. That's even worse. That's even worse than in, if that's the case. Right. Um, so, and it was that bad from, obviously, we were at one stand and obviously we were on the opposite stand to the dugouts. You could see something was going on because Stanley Forth's mum and dad were getting involved. So something's been said for the parents to start stepping and for that girl to go off crying just for getting a red card, there's more to it. You're right. You're right. I, I, I don't know the girl you know, very well. I only know her as a footballer. I don't really know her as a person. She doesn't seem the kind of person who would flip her lid very easily. She's an international player. I'm sure she's had people, people boo her or, or say things to her before now where, where she hasn't reacted. Um, obviously, it's important to remember that she's had two or three really bad injuries. However, something along those lines was said. I'm, again, you know, I'm purely speculating, but I'm just trying to think of a reason why Stan would, would react in that manner um, because she doesn't seem the sort of person to react like that. What's got me over the whole weekend situation? You've just had one of the best TV presenters in my eyes, Caroline Flack, commit suicide. You would think just for one day, people could just be nice to each other. It's a football game. What needs to be said? Mm. It would be interesting to see if this same reaction would happen for people like Steph Horton, people who, of other players from other teams. You've just you've yeah. taken the words out of my mouth, Craig. No, if this was if this no, was Chelsea no. City or Arsenal, a, a player of Chelsea City or Arsenal that had been that had been sent off for giving it back after the crowd, or if, for example, the the notorious Manchester United Barmy Army had done it and and a player had been sent off, this would be there'd be a full full blown investigation into this. Yeah, you know, but because because it's Lucy Stan. And little old Birmingham, and it's away at little, even even smaller old Sunderland in an FA Cup game that doesn't really matter because you know chances are neither side are going to win it. No, nobody's saying anything. No, nobody has batted an eyelid. So many women's women's football journalists now. Where are where are you covering this story? Where are you asking what's happened? Where are the women's football journalists who are trying to grow our game? Where are they now? They know that. Our, one of our best players is missing a relegation six-pointer on Sunday because of an incident like this. With a player's mum. It wasn't a fan. That's what peed me off about it. Okay, yeah. It's well, a yeah. mother. Have some flipping respect, woman. Your thought is, what would you do if somebody did that to your daughter? Yeah. Could you imagine the shit, sorry, that I would get if I did that to a Sunderland player? Do you know what I mean? Can you see where I'm coming from here? Yeah, but it's you know, like, like I said, that is that is the disappointing thing that it's it's going to be blown under the carpet because ultimately it's not one of the top four clubs in question. So who needs to report on it? Because it, we don't matter anymore, do we? That's the thing. Lucy Stanifor blows her head. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? But, Nobody. But gets... that is 
Is it, it should be reported she's an England international. Whether, whether you whether you care about Blues or not, is or Sunderland or not. This is a this is a girl who's going to go to the She Believes Cup. Who's probably going to go to the to the U, to the uh, Olympics and might play in the you know depending on what she does next year. Might be at the home Euros next year, and and she's been sent off and and had a two game ban now for for reacting to something somebody said to her. But it's. <laughs> like you say, it's not in the news. Whereas, whereas you, you bang on the money, Craig. If this is Steph Horton, it's in. It's on the BBC Water Sport website, and every every women's football journalist is asking a question about it. I have no doubt that in men's games, this probably goes on. People having goes go at fans like on a on a re- semi regular basis, but regular the, the basis. Fo- yeah, that's what I'm. I'm, I'm, I'm allowing it down, but but in terms of, do you think the fourth official? Ha, ha, um, like we'll tell the referee if that happens, they probably just like forget about it. It's not, it's not, it's not my me to deal with it. It's not, it's not. I don't know. If, is it because there's less fans? It's more, more easy to kick up a fuss. I don't know. Perhaps the players aren't as used to it. Again, I'll stick by the principle that unless it's offensive and abusive, I don't mind people giving it to opposition players. I really don't. You know, I'm a Blues fan. We last season. Blues gave it Jack Grealish in in the derby for 65, 70 minutes. Absolutely, literally, somebody literally did batter him. He hit him around the back of the head. And then he went on to score the winner. So who gets the last laugh? You know, that's, fo- that's football at the end of the day. You'll, you'll give it some. And, and sometimes, sometimes it'll come off. And sometimes you'll get egg on your face. This time, the Sunderland supporter has got egg on her face big time. However... It's it's Stan that misses out, and it's Blues that miss out, and and that's not right for me. Yeah, it was it was obviously a, a deemed as abusive language because it can't be or a gesture. I, I should I should point out because I think just bad language in general is is a, is a bookable offence, but a red card it has to be abusive, and that, that's in the opinion of the four official obviously at this point. So it's too much ban, and it comes probably at the worst possible time for us with. Um, Game against Bristol City, the team at the bottom on Sunday, and then the FA Cup game against either Crystal Palace or Brighton. She'll miss those two games and be back for the Spurs game. She's a big player, Chris. Uh, who do you see filling her role against Bristol and beyond? Yeah, um, I had a, a, a small discussion on Twitter earlier. For me, you mentioned it at the start. I think I'd like to see Bree pushed on into that into that behind the front three role if you like the the more the more advanced of the midfield three i think she's got the engine for it i think she's got the technical ability for it i think she's got the creativity for it chloe arthur missed out on on sunday but you know i'm hoping she'll be back for for the bristol game you know we we've got options in that central midfield slot and i think i'd like to see brie given that responsibility of of getting forward to support the front three and and to to create things for the front three because I think she's I think she's capable of it. Yeah, absolutely. I think she's capable of being that sort of holding player, but that kind of wastes what she can do because she is very very creative as an attacking player and she does link up really well with Rachel. And she scores at, goals as well. You know, at, yeah, at yeah, West Ham she scored mm-hmm. goals. Um, and I don't think we've seen her enough in in that final third in goal scoring opportunities to see that that side of her game it would be interesting to see if with lucy stan out of the team obviously lucy whip might be the more preferred option to come straight back in because she's been in and out of the team most of the season 
but maybe seeing what Becca Holloway as maybe like Stan for some parts of the season been playing like a quarterback role where she's like deep deep uh deep playmaker sort of position mm. see because Beck, Beck Holloway can play decent technical balls over the top maybe put her in behind and then Brianna Vasali just in front of the midfield free it might be interesting to see how they go about it before we turn our attention to this weekend's game then it's time for our question of the week I'll let Kaz answer it first um, with so much emphasis in the world recently on being kind to each other for the good of our mental health, should we expect to see a conscious effort from match officials to protect a player like Stan, who is allegedly prolonged um, getting bl- prolonged uh, verbal abuse from the sidelines? And are stewards and officials too passive when incidents like this occur? I definitely agree. Um, there was only one steward at the Sunderland game on Sunday, so. How's one in the pet? whole ground? Yes. Oh, my goodness. One steward. I don't think that's allowed, is it? <laughs> well, probably not, no. Yeah, there was one steward. With the amount of mental health that's especially on the women's game at the minute, like Alex Scott just came out and said she's having to have some sort of treatment. Emma Mitchell is another player. I know Stan has had her issues as well in the past. I don't think it's just the referees and the whole... I think the FA personally need to look into it. Like, what's going on with this Heads Up campaign that we were meant to have last weekend? I saw, I saw them talking about it on the Chelsea Man United game yesterday on Sky Sports, but that's obviously the men's game. I think yeah. they still haven't... Re, re, I think they were encouraging teams to do it again this upcoming weekend, but I don't know if... I haven't seen anything from most clubs about it. It's It's like, oh... It's mental health. Nobody gives two hoots about it. And I'm not being funny. Nobody nobody gives two hoots about it. It's it's, it's taking Caroline Flack to take her life for people to start talking start talking about mental health. It, it does like, seem like it takes incidents like this. It was like um, yeah. when Rob, Robin Williams died as well. People were talking about and it back had, then. And then it went Chester, away again. And... and then Chester from Lincoln Parks did it. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? What, what, what This country is like, it's taken me. Um, I'm still waiting to see my specialist. That's nearly a year. So how how is this country going to progress with help and mental health if the facilities aren't there to start with? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. it does. It does seem like they prioritise um, things that have to be dealt with, like uh, like a like a, a a head wound or whatever. And then they, but they they don't think of maybe if they have, if they help them further ahead of time, they won't get to that point where they need. To, critical medical care because they've been their, their, their health has improved like mentally at least yeah it, it, it's short term it's very short termism indeed uh chris uh, any any final points on this before we move on yeah uh, obviously i think kaz mentioned the the heads up campaign and i know before before the uh men's fa cup third round games they, they all kicked off a minute late didn't they for you know it, it, in a similar sort of campaign to get people thinking about their mental health and um but I don't think anything was done in the women's game like you say and ultimately you know the the women's game is still very much in its infancy and when you do get when you do get games like Sunderland Birmingham and and there's not many people in the crowd if somebody is if somebody is targeting you know proper abuse at you then then you're going to hear it and it may affect you more than more than a men's player who 
you know, if you if you've been in the game for since twelve thirteen, you you've probably been given countless hours of coaching and and help on how to how to combat this sort of the sort of stuff you get from the crowd. But you know, I'm sure the women's team don't get the women's clubs don't get anywhere near that. Um, so I think I agree. A lot more can be done, and um, you know, the more initiatives like the heads up campaign and things like that, then. Yeah, the more of those, the better, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, absolutely. More awareness, more attention to the people who just need help. Just, just reach out to friends when they, when even if they don't, they don't want to ask for it. Just always, just always check, check they're okay. Let's turn our attention then to Sunday then, and the massive game against Bristol City. The Vixens sit bottom of the WSL table, having played a game more than the Blues and have six points from their 13 matches. Their only win this season remarkably came away from home at Manchester United last month. Bristol are a strange team right now. They went from being a great team last season to a team on the edge of dropping out of the league. They've lost Lucy Graham, who left for Everton and was obviously a big player for them. You don't get to become Everton captain if you don't have leadership and inspirational traits. Bristol went through a patch of heavy defeats losing 7-0 to Arsenal, then 5-0 to Man City, then 11-1 to Arsenal, all within the space of a couple of weeks early this season. Since then, they've tightened up a bit, beating Manchester United, losing 6-1 to Chelsea, but come on, it's Chelsea, losing 1-0 to uh, Liverpool and 1-0 to Birmingham, uh, Manchester City. Sorry, uh, Bristol are one of those rare sides that play better away from home, picking up five of their six points on the road. We know all about their keeper, Sophie Bagley, who still isn't getting the recognition she deserves from the likes of Phil Neville. And today is a good example of that. She wasn't picked again. Uh, The fans certainly know her worth and she's kept them from even bigger defeats in recent seasons. Their attacking options are youthful, but still have the potential with the likes of Ebony Salmon and former Blues striker Charlie Wellings. They've brought in South Korean veteran Yo uh, Gaeol. In January, who will add much-needed experience. Bristol have also got the experienced Welsh defender Lauren Dykes in their ranks. Bristol signed Elise Hughes on loan from Everton, but she suffered an ACL injury in the game against Liverpool, which is obviously a big blow. She could have been a big attacking option for them, but fate intervened. Chris, looking at this game then on Sunday, where do you think the key battles will be won or lost? I think it's going to be midfield. We're going to try and play our way. Um, We're going to try and and play football against them because earlier on in the season at Bristol that worked for us you know we we we, we it was horrible conditions and and we dug in when we had to but fundamentally on the day we were the better football inside and it got us the three points so I'm sure that they're going to be they're going to be thinking of 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 doing exactly the same again going to back our players to to play the way we want to play but it is going to be a battle, and Bristol are going to try and make it a battle. You, know, you mentioned the the heavy defeats that they had. I think, you know, that the last thing they want is is a, is another one of another run of those sorts of results because it, it could very much come down to goal difference. And if it does, it you know any more defeats like that, and and Bristol could be in trouble. So they've obviously got as as Tanya Oxtoby is is making very clear they've they've got a awful lot of injuries especially in that midfield area i think i think she spoke after the fa cup game against everton and said that they haven't got any fit center halves or central midfielders so you know i'm not sure whether they're expecting any back for the, for the game on sunday but if if it is players out of position then then we need to utilize that and and make make the most of that to our advantage 
Yeah, there certainly is a lot of parallels between Bristol's and uh, our own season this season. It may maybe not at the same time. We've, we're getting the players back now, whereas Bristol have started to lose them. We finally got that solidity in the back line with Georgia Brome coming in from Everton on loan and Keris back in the middle with Adrian Jordan, who's likely to be back for this one, and either Harriet Scott or Sarah Mayling at fullback. Uh, with Hannah behind them and hopefully Chloe Arthur back for this one as well. We need to find the right attacking blend to build up that stability in the midfield and defence. I think we need to get the best out of Rachel when she plays close to Brianna and then with maybe Abby Grant on the left and Claudia on the right, we can really get at Bristol. Grant hasn't scored in a few now, so she's probably due a goal, as is Rachel and definitely Claudia is. Uh, she's getting closer every time I see her. But what do you think, Kaz? Um, what sort of attacking lineup would you like to see on Sunday? I'd take Claudia out and put Emma Kelly in. How how did Emma Kelly look against Sunderland? I didn't. We obviously didn't see much of it, um, but you got a better first idea. Half, first half, she looked all right. Um, second half, there was a few players missing in the second half, so I didn't really notice her if she was on the pitch. Second half, it, it, is, st- it is. Yeah, it is. It is still early, early days. We haven't seen yeah, the best of her, of course. Yeah. She hasn't. She hasn't played football in four months, so I'm no. not going to hold that against her. Do you know what I mean? Um, yeah. But yeah, I would. I would love to see Emma Abby. Rich and then Brianna just behind. I would actually put Chloe and Bex in the middle because then you hope if you need an extra person in defence, Bex can always push back. Mm. Yeah, so it's so, a good idea. Yeah, so like you said, I'm inclined to go with very similar. Um, I think I'd put Sarah Mylin in midfield. You just said about Bex can drop back as well. I think similarly, you could. If Harriet's at right back and Sarah's at in central midfield, if we were under the cosh, Harriet could push across to make a back three, and and Sarah could move to right to right back. But yeah, either way, I think you, you've got you've definitely got options there, haven't you? Yeah, absolutely. And before we go, I thought we'd briefly discuss what we as fans need to do on Sunday. We've talked a lot about how big this game is, but what can we do to get behind the Blues? They need the support perhaps more than ever this Sunday. Feed Carol alcohol and she'll sing all the way through. <laughs> we'll get Carol walking around the pitch, singing songs constantly. <laughs> Sounds good to me. Back to the girls. Don't get don't get flustered if it's if it's nil nil with with twenty minutes to go. You know, stick by them and and don't get frustrated or panicky. Um, you know, tr- trust the girls to, to get the job done and give them a big cheer, hopefully, when it does come through. Absolutely. And listen out for the for the uh, the, the Blues contingent, either behind one of the goals or the other goals, for <laughs> various, various chants or songs as throughout the game. And just, just be loud, be positive about the team, don't be negative, and just back them for the whole 90 minutes. And then hopefully, when the whistle goes, we have got the result we need. So finally, predictions before we leave. Chris, how about you go first? How do you think it's going to go on Sunday? 5-0 Blues. 5-0 <laughs> Blues? How about you, Kaz? 1-0. 1-0 Blues? Which, which way? Blues, I've just said. Okay. <laughs> Chris has taken my be positive message very much to heart there. <laughs> I've, got, I've gone for 2-1 Birmingham City, so hopefully uh, we're, both, we're all right and it's a three points on Sunday and one step closer to safety. And that's all for this week's Get In Touch on Great Since 68 on Twitter to share your score predictions with us. And if you've enjoyed this show, please share it with your friends. And that was the Great Since 68 podcast. To listen to future shows or listen back to our previous ones, go to iTunes, Google Podcasts, 
Spotify, or any other podcast platform you may use. And search for Great Since 68 and subscribe today. Thanks for listening, and remember, keep right on!